Mental Health Matters, Uncomfortable Conversations That Need to Be Had. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 21. We are going to continue where we left off, numbers, so we'll know when we've officially reached 100 episodes and we can celebrate. Stay tuned until the end for a little preview of what's coming in the next episode. I want your input on the topic, so please be willing to share if you have any additional ideas on the topic. We'll share at the end, so please stay tuned and let me know. I also have some really exciting news related to mental wellness I will be sharing at the end as well, so stay tuned for that also. Thank you for returning to season two. I think the original meme was the one that said, keep calm and carry on, yeah? Those of you that are new to my channel or our loyal listeners, shout out to y'all. I'm Carla Hunt, CEO and founder of Prioritizing Peace and the host of the Unapologetically Prioritizing Peace podcast. Please disregard any past niches expressed in season one. I am fully embracing that I am a mental wellness coach. Going forward, we are talking about mental wellness and all things related to mental wellness in that sphere. There are several topics in season one that are related to mental wellness. Just ignore the intros and outros related to outdated niches. The entire point of life is to show up, take up space, and try. Sometimes trying new things is messy. To not ever try is the greatest loss. Having a life of regrets is most people's greatest fear, right after public speaking. It's never too late to change your life or change your niche. The point is that we're here and we're trying even if we're making mistakes, but the whole point is to try or to do. I think ironically we misidentify learning as a mistake when it's actually evidence that we're fully living and evolving. Getting into this episode, the quality of your mental health or mental wellness determines the quality of your life. Your mental wellness influences every single area of your life. How you experience events, react to things, how you show up in relationships, the quality of your relationships, and so, so much more. Including, but not limited to, passing down your negative self-talk, unproductive coping mechanisms, and limiting beliefs to your children if you have them. But the thing is, you were once a child. I think we all aim to have a satisfying life. We all want to be out here living our best lives, right? My mom is 66 and is out here living her best life right now, doing things that are scary. She's walking more, she's laughing more, and enjoying life even more. It's absolutely beautiful. If you follow me on social media, I mentioned a little bit about this in one of my posts. When I was a kid, for about 10 years, my mom was so depressed she could not see color. Everything for those 10 years was in black and white. One autumn, she was able to see the colors of the leaves change again, the deep maroons, the citrusy oranges, and the sunshiny yellows. And my mom's story is a bit rare in severity, but I wanted to share it if anyone else potentially has experienced something like that in its severity as well, to know that you're not alone and that it gets better. You have to be able to put in the work. You have to address your symptoms head on. Ignoring your needs will only prolong and worsen what you're experiencing. You actually have to start addressing the issues, whatever those may be for you, one by one in order to get to the best version of yourself. For my mom, she was being treated for depression throughout all of those years, but it wasn't until she started going to an Al-Anon meeting 
and found the community and support that she needed that she started to regain color in her sight again. I think sometimes doctors forget to treat people from a holistic level, which is why I feel that there is a need for my podcast and my mental wellness coaching, which caters to every unique client's individual needs from a holistic approach. Because as I said before, your mental wellness affects every area of your life and how you experience it. About two years ago, the antidepressants my mom was taking stopped being produced and they had put her on some other medications to try for a little while. One of the medications made her really aggressive and confrontational, which is not like my mom at all. She's super chill, non-confrontational, and the nicest person you'll ever meet. If you think I'm nice, my mom is even nicer, and she doesn't even cuss. The other one, she tried. We even talked about it, and I just wanted to put it out there that when you are taking a medication and you're choosing to get on a medication for your mental wellness, it's no one else's decision but your own with the advisement of a prescribing professional and or in conjunction with an additional mental health professional. The only reason we had a conversation about it is because this is the medication that I was on when I was in grade school and I did the trial study for. I was the original guinea pig for this medication when I was diagnosed with social anxiety disorder. I did the trial study for this medication and I was in the control study group, which means I actually got the medication. Anyway, when I was going into middle school, I had exponentially gained 100 pounds, and they kept trying to say that medication doesn't make you gain weight. And in my experience of being on the trial for this drug, it clearly does. So knowing my experience of it before I had been put on something else to stabilize my weight going into middle school, we had discussed it. And my mom tried it to see if there had been any improvements of this medication over the years. And within a week, my mom had gained five pounds. So she immediately made the decision not to take that one. I've intentionally not named this medication. If you are curious what the medication is, you can DM me. Otherwise, I don't want anyone to have biases about a particular medication that is working for you because of my personal experiences. Also note, you should never stop taking your medication without speaking to your doctor or being supervised by your doctor. Anyway, my mom went with the supervision of her doctor and weaned off of a different medication that she had switched to. And after 25 years, stopped taking the antidepressants after that. And like I said, she's living her best life. She's walking more. She's doing scary things to help improve her health. For example, last year she got tested to determine whether she'd need a stent or open heart surgery. She only needs a stent. So this year they're going to put one in. She's laughing more and enjoying life more. When I was a kid, I was very aware that my mom was depressed. I vividly remember always being the goofy one, trying to be a little comedian just to make her laugh. I could tell that she was not enthused about anything. I could tell when she was fake laughing. It wasn't until I was probably a teenager that I got a real genuine laugh for the first time, and I wasn't sure if it was real or not, but it was because it was, it was very different. And every time that she laughs now, it's just such a magical experience because I didn't have that for a very long time. And with the same grace, compassion, and selflessness, I learned to care for others around me as a kid. As an adult, I have learned 
to care for myself with that same grace, compassion, and selflessness for my own laughter and well-being. With that being said, because children are like little sponges absorbing everything while they grow up in circumstances like this, parents need not to blame themselves because they didn't do anything wrong and there's no one to blame. Everyone was doing the best they could with what they had at that time. When we know better, we can do better. So if you have kids, whether they are grown or young, it's never too late to do the healing work because it creates better and more satisfying life for yourself, but it also allows for a stronger and healthier relationship between you and your children. If you are the child in this scenario, please take it with a grain of salt, given your situation, if the relationship with your parent is viable or not. There are some people who need to stay no contact to maintain a healthy relationship for your mental well-being. I digress anyway. It's a different kind of joy and beauty of expression to watch someone heal over time for them to experience joy genuinely and authentically with you. I want that for as many people as possible because I know it's possible and I know that it can be done without medication should that be your goal. It's honestly kind of magnificent that my mom spent 25 years on the same medication yet she's happier now than she ever was in the last 25 years. Healing has a ripple effect on the people around you. You are able to teach them things that you're learning. You are able to help them should they want to engage with you. Incidentally, the people around you will learn things. My mom has learned things from me that was not ever a direct practice of teaching. My point to you is that your healing, it has a ripple effect on other people around you directly and indirectly. You doing the work makes a huge difference on the people closest to you. For those of you that have kids and are worried about them repeating patterns or mistakes as you, you doing the work and healing yourself is the number one priority because when you heal the things within yourself, you can't continue to pass it along. You heal yourself and you break that generational cycle, which is why we need to have these conversations. The more we talk about mental wellness and healing, the better we can become and the less healing future generations will have to do so we can all experience more satisfying lives. If you're not ready for one-on-one -on -one coaching or group coaching just yet, a really great place to start is to read this book called The Secret Language of Feelings. Use the link in the description below to get your copy on Amazon. This book describes that all feelings, including anger, are good. All feelings are good because their purpose is to provide us with information, direction, and motivation that will help us create a satisfying life. Oftentimes, many of us ignore our feelings and are dysregulated, which is why we are not experiencing a satisfying life. With this book, I found even more ways to make my life more satisfying. Use the link in the description below and get your copy of the book today. Finally, since we're going into the holidays, I want to make sure we have at least one episode on how to thrive during the holidays. I know the holidays are hard for a lot of people, especially if you have a chaotic family or you have lost a loved one. Furthermore, there are some of you who may feel isolated during the holidays. We're going to talk about these topics as well as topics where some people feel obligated around the holidays with all the things they have to do and the high intensity of expectations. I want your input on these ideas for the holidays. If you have any additional ideas on this topic, let me know in the comments or email me. 
I'm also super excited to announce that I am adding hypnosis and subconscious reprogramming to my mental wellness coaching services. Going forward, we will be talking more about hypnosis in future episodes. If you would like to get on my wait list for a limited number of confidence building hypnosis sessions I am doing after Thanksgiving, make sure to use the link to sign up for a discovery call with me below to get signed up for that wait list. Otherwise, stay tuned for the next episode. And in the meantime, check out some of the season one's classic episodes. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Unapologetically Prioritizing Peace podcast with your host, Carla Hunt. Please remember to subscribe to this podcast. If you like this episode, please download, like, and or leave a positive five-star review so that I'm able to reach more people and continue to bring you helpful content.